NFL and week 10 in college football. Big big football weekend ahead. We have the Pac-12's back. We're watching Maction live right now on the TV. We're going to preview big games in college football. Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, and Georgia, and along with week 10, week 9 in the NFL, Matt. Huge slate this week. We got some big players back. We got big Oregon Ducks, your favorite, coming back. It's going to be a fun, full weekend of football. Let's get it, baby. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to start the pod with our start, sit, fantasy football. We're going to start at quarterback. Matt, which quarterback's going to ball out this week? Balling out this week, I got Matty Ice. Yes, I'm going to him. He's been up and down this season, but this week he is a must-start. Denver D is allowing the 10th most fantasy points to QBs at 20.39 fantasy points per game. Last week, Herbert lit him up with 21.22 fantasy points, and he even threw two interceptions. I think the Atlanta Falcons are pumped up after their big win. I think Matt Ryan dishes it out to big Julio Jones and that trio of young receivers, and I don't see Matt Ryan throwing a pick this week. Denver only has five of them, and Matty Ice is going to light them up. I like that. I like that. I'm going to go the opposite side here. I'm going to go through Locke versus, in, versus Atlanta in this one. Atlanta allows 311, 315 passing yards, two quarterbacks this season. Not great. KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy and those guys should be able to take advantage of that terrible Falcons defense. Fence, which has gotten a little bit better under Raheem Morris, but nowhere near where they need to be. So I'm going to go Drew Locke in this one. Matt, who are you sitting on the bench, quarterback? Big sit this week. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Listen, last week I said bold statement. He gets sacked six times. He got sacked four times and threw two picks. He's going up against a stingy Colts defense with 11 interceptions. They're tied for first. I think they're going to rattle Lamar Jackson. They're ranked sixth in pass defense, giving up 213 yards a game, which is not that much. And they're second in rush defense, giving up 79.9 yards per game. I think they're going to be able to spy Jackson a little bit. They're going to look at that Steeler game tape and see what they did, and they're going to match that intensity. I think Jackson's going to have another week where he's not superb, nothing too crazy, no splash plays. I think he will throw, uh, get a couple touchdowns, but I think he'll also get a couple turnovers which will balance him out, and he's going to be a must-sit this week. I'm going to go back to the well, Matt. I'm sitting Drew Brees at Tampa Bay. Here we go. This is more about Tampa's defense than Brees, because Brees has done well the past two games, starting four touchdowns, uh, two and two in the past two weeks. So, But Tampa has only allowed opposing quarterbacks to score more than 17 points two times this season. The Bucs struggled on Monday night versus Daniel Jones and a little bit in the running – uh, Wayne Golan has had a little bit of success, but I think the Bucks bounce back here in a big way. I don't think Breeze gets over one touchdown pass. I think he struggles for sure. I'm going to leave Drew Breeze on the pine this week. Matt, running back. Running back. Big start this week for Damian Harris, your guy for the big pats. This game is not going to be 
too entertaining with the old stinky Pats versus the old Jets. I mean, they are literally like Famunda cheese. You know what that smells like? It stinks. And that's the Jets' defense. They rank 26 in total defense. They're giving up 116.1 yards per game to opposing running backs. Damian Harris is coming off a big game, 16 carries, a bucko two, and a touchdown. Last time he saw that many carries, he had 100 yards as well. If the guy gets over 15-plus carries, he's locked in for 100 yards a game. I think Cam Newton's struggling. The Jets' defense stinks. What better way to bail Cam Newton out than to go to Damian Harris and give him 20-plus carries and get over 100 yards and a couple scores? Yeah, Harris looked good last week. He's a big dude. Thick, man. I'm going to start Antonio Gibson versus the New York Giants. Uh, Gibson's been pretty good this year. Posting 19 points versus the Cowboys prior to their the football team's bye week. Five different running backs have scored at least 17 points versus the Gene men. So, fire Gibson up this week. He is a must start. Matt, running back, who you benching? I'm benching Jonathan Taylor this week. Listen, the guy has been struggling. Just has one game over 100 yards. Last week, he only saw 11 carries. And they face a stingy Baltimore defense. Second in points against. Ranked seventh in rush defense, just allowing 100 yards per game. I think this Colts offense is going to struggle. They're going to have to look for Phillip Rivers. And uh, I think Taylor is going to be stuffed, and the Colts are going to be playing from from behind. So I don't see Jonathan Taylor getting more than 15 carries. I think he's a must-sit this week. He is struggling. Look out. Put his ass on the pine. Yeah, he's an ankle injury too, which is uh, not great. It's bullshit because I have him in. Two leagues, so uh, I'm not happy about that. I'm going to sit Ronald Jones this week versus the New Orleans Saints. Listen, Jones has was killing it up to last week. He had that, he had a catch and he fumbled the ball, and B.A. said, sit your ass on the bench, pal. Fournette came in, did a pretty decent job versus the Giants. Fournette played 73% of the snaps on Monday night. Listen, I, Jones is a good player, but there's no wiggle room down there for him because uh, what Fournette can do. So I'm going to leave Jones on the bench, banking this week that the Saints do a very good job versus uh, the Bucs run, in the run defense area. Matt, wide receivers. Wide receivers. I am pumped up for this week. I am starting Tony Toe Tap down in Tampa, Antonio Brown. The guy is a plug-and-play player. You're going to see why he's the best receiver to ever put on shoulder pads. Tom Brady loves him. Chris Godwin is banged up. They're not sure if he's going to play. Doesn't really matter. He's down a finger. Mike Evans is hobbling, even though he had a solid game last week. Gronk has taken some heat off the defense. Antonio Brown is going to have a huge day. Last year, the first game and the only game he played with Tom, he stepped right in after not playing. Eight targets, four catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. You know the targets are going to be there. Tom, he's been living with Tom for a month now. They've been running routes in Tom's backyard, huge backyard down in Tampa. It's going to be like this guy never left the NFL. The greatest receiver in the league is going to have a huge game on Sunday. You think he's banging Giselle? Absolutely, and Tom is fine with it. Yeah, I would. I, Tom might be sitting there videotaping it uh, in his helmet and shoulder pads on the old Peloton, getting a getting a little sweat in. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with two Steelers receivers. 
Actually, all of them. Every single Steelers receiver. Dallas's defense is atrocious. Has allowed eight, wait, 15-plus points to multiple wide receivers in games this season. Eight touchdowns to wide receivers this year. Terrible. I mean, there's no nothing on the back end. Trayvon Diggs is struggling. Nothing on the back end for the Cowboys. So, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool would all be must-starts this week for me. Matt, which wide receivers are you benching? Benching DJ Chark. The guy's only 19.7 fantasy points combined in the last three weeks. He's had some big drops and really hasn't performed to the level of expectations that he had set after last year's great year and the beginning of this year. It doesn't get any easier for him. He's going against Oregon State standout Jake Lutton. The guy could ball out, but he's not going to be looking Chark's way. Chark has zero 100-yard performances and zero touchdowns in the last three games. He's gotten 25 targets in these last three games and only capitalized on 11 catches. He is struggling to receive the ball. He has many drops, and I'm going to say sit DJ Chark's ass on the bench. Yeah, the talent's there. It's just everything in Jacksonville's going to shit. Um, here we go. On the flip side of that, Matt, I'm benching all the Cowboys wide receivers. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. I don't know how you trust any of these dudes with – it could be Garrett Gilbert, blows. Cooper Rush was good at Central Michigan, blows the NFL. And Gucci Danucci. It's going to be a long day for the Cowboys. Their uh, O-line's banged up, and the Steelers front seven is nasty. So, I don't see how you can trust any of these wide receivers, Matt, to uh, play this week and uh, solidify and get you any points. No way. The Dallas Cowboys are in trouble. They should have gave a first-round pick for Jameis Winston, but that's another day. Slide up over to tight ends, Matt. For the tight ends, I am starting Eric Ebron. He's coming in red hot. Guy has 11-plus points in the last three of the last five games. Sorry, at least five targets in six of his last seven games. Six tight ends have scored at least nine-plus points against the old Cowgirls. Last two games for Eric Ebron, 10 catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Two weeks ago, he scored 11 points. Last week, he scored 14.8 points. So he's balling in back-to-back games. I think he's always going to have a monster game against the old Dallas Cowgirls. I like that. I had him written down as one of my picks, but I'm going to go back to, well, again, Matt, fire him up. Old Gronky, baby. He's been rolling as of late. Third in the NFL with uh, in the tight end points couple, last couple weeks. Had scored a touchdown on Monday night. The Saints stink versus opposing tight ends. Allowing the third most points to tight ends. Six touchdowns and five different tight ends have scored 10 plus fantasy points. Guess what, Matt? Gronk spike coming again this week. Holy moly, four in a row for big Gronky. Uh, sitting tight end, Matt. Who's sitting? Uh, it's, this pains me to say it since he is on one of my teams, but I also have Eric Ebron. So I'm sitting Hayden Hurst this week. Denver has been tough on tight ends. Only two opposing tight ends have scored more than 10 plus points this year. None of the tight ends have put up more than 13.6 points. I know Calvin Ridley's out. He's gonna Matt Ryan's going to be looking to Julio Jones. We said that. Matt Ryan's going to have a huge week. I just don't see Hayden Hurst having a huge splash day. I think Julio Jones and the young trio are going to take tons of 
Matt Ryan's uh, passes away from Hurst, I'm going to say sit Hayden Hurst this week. I like that. I like that. I'm going to sit Mark Andrews at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are the best team in the NFL defending tight ends, only allowing uh, 9.8 points per game to fantasy tight ends. Andrews has not been himself the past couple of last two weeks, posting only five catches for 51 yards the last two weeks. So I would tamper expectations there. All right, now to our pick five segment, pick five games, not against the spread, just straight up. I'm 21 and 14. Matt, what's your record? 22 and 13. Like I said, whooping that ass all season long. You better believe it. I'm here for the long haul. I fucking struggled last week going two and three. We're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks traveling across country to Orchard Park versus the Buffalo Bills. I am going with the Seattle Seahawks in this one. Uh, Pretty simple to me. I think that offense is so potent. Funny stat here, both teams rank 19th in points against, so defenses are pretty similar. Uh, Bills haven't been as potent as they have in in recent years. Uh, Tredavious White's PFF grade has just been dropping in the past years. He is a great corner, but last year he was a 75 PFF grade. He is now currently riding a 65.3 PFF grade. I think Metcalf can take advantage of that. The guy had a monster game last week. The big deciding factor is this for me. If both defenses are ranked exact same, I'm going with the team that has a better offense. And Seattle is first in points per game at 34.3. Buffalo is 19th, 24-8. and eight. I am going with Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, we agree there. I'm going to take Seattle to watch that entire Patriots-Bills game last week. The Pats had some success on the ground. I know Seattle's banged up in that area with um, – Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson ailing a little bit, but DJ Davis, the rookie out of Miami, might be able to tote the ball and do some damage versus that uh, not great Bills defense. And the Bills are a little banged up. Josh Allen popped up on the injury report today. It's something to keep an eye on, but I assume he's going to play. But I'm going to go Seahawks in that one. Next, we have the Chicago Bears going down to Tennessee next to Titan Stadium. I'm standing by Titan Stadium. I am going with the Tennessee Titans. Bears are giving up 120 yards per game. Rush defense ranked 16th in the league. Titans said they're not scared of that. Derrick Henry, I believe, is going to bully his way through. Time of possession, Titans ranked fourth. This is a big key stat. Bears ranked 26th. I think the Titans are going to be able to milk that clock way on Henry, and then they're going to surprise him with A.J. Brown, who is one of the finest young receivers in the league. Big thing here to look at, Titans rank 7th in interceptions with 8 picks. I think Foles has been struggling. His dick has been shriveled. He hasn't been big, big, Nick. And I think he is going to throw two INTs this week. I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans, too. I like all the stats you fired out there, Matt. The Titans are 4th in the NFL in time of possession mainly because they just turn around and give it the big 22. Tough to stop. And the Bears aren't great on offense, so they have to kind of capitalize on all their offensive possessions. I don't think Nick Foles is that good. Mitch popped up on the injury report today with a shoulder injury. He only played one play last week, and he's all banged up. So, yeah, I'm going to go Titans in this one. Next, the Baltimore Ravens travel to the Indianapolis Colts. 
I am going with the Ravens here. Uh, going to be a tough game here. Another gritty game. Colts are 10th in points per game at 28.3. Ravens rank 8th at 29 even. Points against Colts rank 3rd. Ravens rank 2nd. So two great top defenses going head-to-head again. The Steelers won, but their offense is way more potent than the Colts. The Colts defense is nasty, though, with 11 picks. But Baltimore's defense gets after you in the sacks. They got they have 14 sacks, sorry, 24 sacks, ranks fifth in the league. The big difference is I think they're going to be able to get to Phillip Rivers. I think he's going to struggle, and I think the Ravens are going to come out of here with a defensive win. Oh, I'm going to fade you there, Matt. I'm going with the Colts. My main reason is because the Ravens are dealing with some COVID problems. Star corner Marlon Humphrey is out, along with linebackers Matthew Judon, Patrick Queen, Malik Harris, and LJ Ford. Who the hell's playing linebacker for the Ravens? Matt, are you fucking going to suit up? I'm ready to suit up, guy. I'm cranking a nice yingling light lager that was left in the fridge. I think I can still get it done. Yeah, so I think I agree with you said with Rivers. He hasn't played his best game. Last week in a Colts uniform, and Jonathan Taylor is a little banged up, but I still think the Colts find a way to get it done with that stingy defense. Next, the New York Giants go to Washington to play the football team. Man, I thought about this one a lot. Two terrible teams. Neither team is out of it. The Giants actually scared Big Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um I think it was an emotional game. I think they're going to be let down again. Washington, listen, this game's going to be boring. Points per game, they rank 30th. Giants rank 31st. Points against, here's the deciding factor. I mean, Washington's defense is 8th in points against. Giants is 19th mid-pack. I think since those offenses are pretty similar, big old Kyle Allen has been kind of holding his own, playing that managing game with four touchdowns, the one pick in the last game. I think for Washington to win and be successful, they got to clean up that O-line. He's been sacked five times in the last two games. If they can keep him off the ground and maybe just one sack, I think he can take care of the ball. They can spread it out to Antonio Gibson, McKissick, look deep for McLaurin. I got the Washington football team winning a close one on Sunday. I agree with you there, Matt. You know, the, the Redskins are really good on defense. They are the they rank fourth in total yards allowed with 309 per game. Daniel Jones loves to turn the ball over. He's fucking addicted to turning the football over. Those picks he threw Monday night were terrible. Probably the reason they won because the Bucs did struggle a little bit. Yeah, the football team leads the NFL in yards per game allowed through passing 185. So I think... Those guys on the D-line, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Matt Onitis, and those dudes, Jonathan Allen, will get to Daniel Jones and ruffle his feathers a little bit. I'm taking the football team. Big one right here. Saints go to Tampa Bay. I got Tampa Bay here, and this one is simple. Tom Brady is out revenge tour. He is pissed after week one. And let me tell you, after that first game where he threw that pick six against the Saints and everyone counted him out, the guy has been Locked in, laser focused, 18 touchdowns to just two INTs. Are you kidding me? Gronk's last four games, 24 targets, 17 catches, 233, three touchdowns. Guys averaging 13.7 per catch. Looks like the old Gronk. 
you already alluded that it's gonna he's gonna get in the end zone and give us a Gronk spike again. The Bucs defense is absolutely disgusting. 28 sacks. That is just insane. They rank second in the sack department. How about this one? Second in the sack department and tied for first with the Colts in the interception department. This team will take the ball away. They'll knock you to the ground, and they're just going to straight up bully you. A.B., plug and play. Look out there. I think Drew Brees is going to struggle against this defense who has gotten better every single week. I agree with you, Matt. I agree with you. Here's my thing. Like what you said about that Bucks defense, Devin White, Levante, David are the two best inside linebacker duo in the in the league. Speed. They got those young guys on the outside that like to take chances, but they're electric. They love playing press man. Michael Thomas might be back. I don't think it matters much. Antonio Winfield and those guys will do the job. TB12 has 109 passer rating on tight window throws. Leads the NFL. All you fucks out there saying a noodle arm. Wrong. Drew Brees is the one with the noodle arm, and it will show Sunday night Bucks win. Pack is back, bitches. Here we go. We're going to talk about the Pac-12 starting up this week, and we're going to talk about a ton of college football. Florida, Georgia, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Clemson goes to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Big week in college football, Matt. Huge week. This is a big stunner. Big, nice slate. Like you said, Oregon's back. Your Pac-12 is back. Some big games. Um, USC and Arizona State playing at 9 a.m. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Yeah, baby. I like your prime time spot. Noon. You better get up on the West Coast, bitches, because the game started at 9 a.m. Roll over after having some Mai Tais on the fucking beach, and let's party. We'll start there, Matt. Arizona State and Herm Edwards go to the to USC versus Clay Helton and USC. I think it's going to be a good game. Arizona State lost a lot of talent last year, a lot on that O-line, a lot of receivers, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Big Williams, they lost him. So they lost a couple of receivers that were huge in Jaden Daniels' progression and progress at Arizona State. Uh, but he is a beast. I mean, 17 touchdowns and only two picks, 2,900 yards, added three rushing scores. I just don't think they have enough. USC is absolutely loaded. USC beat them 31-26 to last year. Keldon Slovis, 3,500 yards, 72, 72% completion percentage, 30 touchdowns and 9 picks. 17 starters are back, 8 on offense, 9 on defense. They are loaded. I'm looking for Slovis to hit up Amon Ross St. Brown, who had 77 catches, over 1,000 yards and 6 touchdowns. Those two, I think, are going to have a huge season, and USC is going to dominate Arizona State late in the fourth quarter. You know, Slovis didn't play versus them last year, Matt. You know who the quarterback was for Arizona State versus them last year? Oh, my gosh. Was it Joey? It was big Joey Yellen from the old Pitt Panthers, boy. Different quarterback now. Yeah, and that could make the difference. I just think Arizona State, he's a stud. Herm Edwards is great. They need to reload on a lot of positions. Yeah, I love Jaden Daniels. He ripped Oregon up last year at Tempe. It's a shitty place for the Ducks to go. He had, does have wide receiver Frank Darby, who's a senior this year. Eight touchdowns last year with 600 yards receiving. 
Um, they're starting a uh, freshman running back in DeMonte Treon. I think he's going to be able to tote the rock. Four-star kid out of um, – where is he out of here? Uh, out of Ohio, actually. I think he's going to do well. Jaden Daniels is might be too late for anyone in the Pac-12 to get into the Heisman race, but he's, he's a dark horse that could get in. Keon Slovis is a stud. I mean, Clay Helen's on been on the hot seat for how long? Like you said, they bring a lot of guys back. This is a year. If not now, when is USC going to get back to prominence? And I think this week USC does get a victory over Arizona State closer than everyone thinks. Now we go to Eugene, Oregon. The Ducks are back, and they get a rivalry game with the Stanford Cardinal and David Shaw. Yeah, I think this is going to be a quack attack one. Uh Going to be interesting to see how Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator hire from Mississippi State in his first year calling the plays for Oregon, meshes with this talented team of Oregon. They got the speed everywhere as usual. Big Tyler Show or Anthony Brown are going to be the QBs. I think Tyler Show is going to pretty much start and play the game. Big 6'5 frame, four-star QB, was ranked seventh pro passer in his 2018 class he's got the weapon cj verdell the guy redshirt jr is an absolute freak he's a sprinter 1220 yards last year eight touchdowns 6.2 a carry i mean literally the guy is lightning i'm interested to see micah Pittman. they said they might play him a little bit more out wide this year last year he was a backup slot role they got to get him the ball the guy doesn't drop anything anything thrown to his way it's sticky fingers it's definitely going to be caught he had a nice freshman campaign, 18 catches, 227, two TDs. I want to see him grow in this Moorhead offense. I think Oregon's going to be good. They're going against another uh, quarterback who played a little bit, a five-star in Big Davis Mills. Uh, had an okay year last year in, 18, in eight starts, sorry, 11 TDs, the five picks. They are receiving, or sorry, returning their big trio of wideouts. I know Crystal Ball said that this could be the best receiving core that they face. Um, but Stanford also has some key injuries. Uh, starting corner Caillou Blue Kelly and junior outside linebacker Gabe Reed are out. So I think Oregon's going to expose that defense. I got the Ducks here by 21. Yeah, this is a uh, Oregon team is pretty interesting. They dealt with a few opt outs and Penny Soul, who's going to be the top tackle, maybe the one of the top players in the draft. Javon Holland, which is the top safety, and yeah, Javon Holland opted out. Thomas Graham Jr. opted out. The big time corner is going to go top two rounds in the NFL draft. But they bring a lot of guys back. Kayvon Thibodeau, who was a five star number one recruit in the country last year, man in the defense along with Jordan Scott and nose tackle. Dominic Lenore is back at corner, another top, top player that could go early in this uh, upcoming draft. And Veron McKinley, who uh, a lot of experts think is the best player on the Oregon defense, and he's the safety. Tyler Shuck on the offensive side, he's a stud. I think he they, a lot of comparisons to uh, Jared Goff. He's thrown into – he takes over for four-year starter Justin Herbert. The only problem with the Ducks is – Five new starters on the offensive line, which is going to be tough. Always tough to replace. But Chris Ball is an O-line guy, former O-line coach in Alabama. I think he gets it turned around. Johnny Johnson on the outside. Matt alluded to Micah Pittman. Jalen Reed as well in the slot. I think the Ducks turn it on. I think it's going to be a little closer than 21 because I think the Ducks do have to break, break in the new offense. But the Ducks do get it done on Saturday night. 
Matt, now let's go to the SEC, Florida and Georgia. Here we go, baby. 3.30 kickoff. Make sure you're in your seat for this one. I like both of these teams. I know you picked Georgia in the in our preseason opener. I picked Georgia. You picked Florida. Sorry. You picked Florida. I picked Georgia. And here we go, baby. Huge showdown. My question, Georgia's defense is super good. They are disgusting. They are nasty. They'll get up in your face. How are they going to stop my player, key player for Florida, Kadavius Tony? The guy is an absolute monster. 15 catches, 205 yards. He's averaging 13.7 a catch, four touchdowns receiving, one rushing. He's an absolute human joystick. That Georgia defense is great, like I alluded to. Uh, it's going to be very interesting how they play play him and Trask um, if they're going to keep an, a fast linebacker on him the entire game. My question to Georgia, are we going to see JT Daniels? Stenson Bennett is absolutely trash. Listen, my only, here's what I think. He has to have news that Kirby Smart banging an intern, banging one of the young trainers on that staff. That dude's fucking terrible. He stinks. I mean, I mean, like, what is – I think everyone, every week, I, I search on the Twitter JT Daniels, and I'm just like, is he going to start this week? And it's like, come on. You ready for the stat line? Let's hear he it. He was nine – stats and bad, Nine for 13, 131 yards, and two interceptions. They did win the game 14-3 because Kentucky blows as well. But, I mean, come on. JT Daniels, let us know if he's healthy or not. Yeah, like just come out and say it. And, and I'd like to see Mathis. If, if JT Daniels is hurt, I'd like to see Mathis. Carson Beck is a four-star recruit. Like, I mean, they have Zamir White, Big Cook, um, and, and Pickens. Hopefully, he's coming back. They have this outstanding defense. Like this Georgia team could actually play with Alabama this year. They could make it to the playoff. This is a huge game. I don't know why. A different quarterback didn't get reps last week. Like you said, Kentucky is trash. Bennett literally tried to throw the game away, played Pete Rose, and they still won. But I think they get it figured out. And I have to go with Georgia because I picked them over Florida. So I'm going with Georgia in this one. I'm going to go with the Gators in this one. Kyle Trask and those guys, I think that they do have some COVID concerns still. A couple guys out, but Trask 14-2 touchdown. Interception ratio, big cow pits, matchup nightmare. Kadaris Tony, matchup nightmare. I know Georgia's great on defense, but Stetson Bennett ain't winning a big game for you. I promise you that. I promise you that. Yeah, I agree. I think they need to make a quarterback move. Uh, hopefully, JT Daniels is ready to go. All right, now we go to the big marquee matchup in South Ben, Indiana, Clemson goes to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to try to pronounce this dude's name. Here we go. DJ Uia Gulale, the big quarterback out of St. John's Bosco, had a great week last week versus Boston College. They call him the Big Cinco, so that's what we're going to refer to him. So I'm tired of saying that name already. Matt, what do you think about the Big Cinco going to South Bend versus Ian Book? Big Cinco going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a stout defense. Uh, I think he's going to be able to play well. I think we're going to see a lot of similarities the last week. Um, Boston College, tough. They were tough in the first half. But Big Senko got to figure it out. I think he's going to be a little nervous at the beginning. But that's why he can rely on ETN. 
I think Clemson is going to be able to hold their own here. If Lawrence was playing, I think they beat this t- Notre Dame team by 30. With Big Senko playing, I think they win by 17. And here's why I say that. Notre Dame is lacking elite speed on the outside. On offense, yes, they have the big tight ends. They have the big receivers. And it's been mismatches over the weeks. But they're not going to have that. This Clemson defense, they got big, tall, strong DBs in the secondary. I don't think they're going to be able to get to that next level. Clemson's going to be able to match them, put more guys in the box, drop those safeties down because they're not going to be scared of that deep ball threat because that is what Notre Dame is lacking. Ian Book, they're going to be able to target him more. He's not going to be able to get those sneaky runs for those first downs on third and six. I got Clemson giving them big trouble on defense, and uh, Big Senko is just going to be the cherry on the top. I got Clemson winning by 17. By 17? By 17. Holy moly, Matt. I think it's close. I think if Lawrence is there, Clemson does get the win. Notre Dame's defense is nasty. They got some dudes. I think the big advantage is up front. Notre Dame's offense line, one of the best in the country, up for the Joe Moore O-Lineman of the Year Award. I think Notre Dame, it's going to be close. I want to take Notre Dame, but I agree with what you said about the team speed on the outside. I think Clemson wins, but it's going to be super close. It's it, Right now it's minus 7.5. I think it falls underneath that number, so that's going to be a close one. Yeah, look out. I can't wait to tune in. We got a huge slate. We can start as early as 9, or sorry, noon. If you're in California, it'll be 9 a.m. Big games, big rank games, noon, 3.30, 7.30. Get ready. Yeah, baby. Hawaii's back on the island too, boy. Get the booze ready. Creep on in, on in, on in. Here we go to the favorite segment of the paw. We're going to go to the picks segment here. My overall record is 22 and 19, 4 and 2 last week. One of the games was canceled due to COVID. Couldn't get that one. And Matt, what's your record? Man, I struggled last week. And you know what it was? It was that my Pitt Panthers weren't playing. Listen, I don't care if they're three and four. I don't care if, if they were 0 and 7. Them not playing just made me feel off. I root for them every single game like if they're in the championship and they weren't playing. So I went two and three last week because something was missing. I knew it was that. I am now 17 and 18, but I am here tonight to make it up to you. I got seven sweet picks. I'm going to go seven and zero. Oh. And I'm going to give you some straight heat. All right, Matt, start it out. Pick one. Starting out, it is my lock of the week. And I want you guys to get this locked in early because it's only going to go up, 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 up. I got WVU versus Texas over 55 and a half. If you can get it at 55 and pay the extra half a point, do it because this one's a lock. Texas, they're the number one offense in the Big 12. West Virginia's defense is not that great. Yes, they are improved. I think they're going to score because, let's be honest, Texas defense is terrible, and Texas is number one in the division. I think this is easily going to go over. I think it's going to be an overtime game again. I see a 38-31 win, Texas. All right, I like it. I'm going to go to the Big 12 as well. My lock of the week is Oklahoma, Kansas over 
63 and a half. Oklahoma posted 62 points last week in their win versus Texas Tech. Spencer Rattler was quoted saying, it's time for us to embarrass some teams. So here we go. Oklahoma is clicking on all cylinders right now. They might hit the total on their own. All we need is Kansas to get to like 10 or 13, which they might be able to. Oklahoma's defense isn't top-notch. They might be able to steal some points. Oklahoma, Kansas, over 63 and a half. Yeah, baby, I'm going to the well, and I'm going back to my guy. I've taken him two weeks in a row, so when you're hot, you got a hot hand. Keep riding that bitch. I got BYU minus two over Boise State. I don't give a shit that they're on the blue grass. I don't give a shit if they were on red grass. I got BYU. Listen, none of their games have been even close. They've been blowing out teams. Houston, see you later. Western Kentucky, you, see you later. Zach Wilson is an absolute beast. I don't care that Boise State's putting up 45.5. Zach Wilson will answer the bell every single time. The guy has 17 touchdowns of two picks, 74.4 completion percentage, almost 1,900 yards. The guy is a dog. He can get done with his feet. Six touchdowns, 23 total touchdowns. BYU, minus two, take it to the bank. This fucking kicker for Ball State is terrible. I got Ball State money line. He's missed two kicks already. Almost missed an extra point. He fucking stinks. Next, I'm going to go SMU minus 15 at Temple. Temple has allowed 31 points in each of his last four games. Temple is struggling to find a quarterback to fill in for their starter. Anthony Russo is all banged up. He might be back this week, but Temple, I couldn't find injury report. I don't think he is going to be back this week. SMU averages 562 yards per game and 44 points per game. They can lay up the scoreboard. Quarterback Shane Bouchel is a stud. It's a lot of points, but I'm willing to take that risk versus Temple's defense. That is terrible. SMU minus 15. Matt, next pick. Next pick. I'm going Big Ten. I got Michigan State plus seven. Mel Tucker did a hell of a job last week in knocking off Big Harbaugh in the big rival game. Here's why I have Michigan State, and this is the honest-to-God truth. Last week, Trevor and I sat down, and we literally – I don't know why we did this to ourselves. We watched Iowa versus Northwestern. It was the worst second half I've ever witnessed in any football game. They couldn't move the ball. It was pick after pick, sack after sack. The Iowa quarterback was snapping his hands harder than he was throwing the football. I mean, I'm telling you, Michigan State getting points – Against this Iowa team, they are in trouble. I got Michigan State. Give me the points. This one's going to be taking the pay dirt, baby. I literally needed a half a point in that game. Going into the fourth quarter, I didn't fucking get it. How sad is that? That's sad. I'm going to go lay a big number here. I'm going to go Rutgers plus 38 at Ohio State. Listen, I know it's a huge number. and a lot. When a number's that big, it's that big for a reason. But here we go. Rutgers has played better under Greg Shiano, chopping wood up and Piscataway out there. Listen, I, Ohio State's defense isn't what it used to be. I know the offense is wrong with Justin Fields, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson, those dudes. But Shiano knows Ohio State's deep offense, has been in the system, knows a couple of these kids. Ohio State's going to roll, but I'm going to say around 41 to 14, which Rutgers falls under the number, which is a big win. 
Moving on to my last college game, I got TCU getting nine points over Texas Tech. I flirted with both of these teams this year, but it's pretty simple for me. Texas Tech is ranked 116th in points against. TCU came off coming off of a solid win over Baylor where they dominated. Texas Tech got blown out against Oklahoma. Big old Duggan. Big Max Duggan is going to be leading the way against this terrible offense. I think he gets it done with his feet. I think he gets it done in the air. And, I, hey, TCU's getting nine. I got TCU in this one. Easy. Easy green. I'm going to sweep it all. 4-0 in college, baby. Easy green, you say, Matt. Easy green. My next one's going to be Oregon Stanford under 50.5. I know everyone's going to gasp and say, why are we taking Oregon under? Here's why. Duck's got to replace an entire offensive line, as we alluded to in our earlier segment. Brand-new quarterback, Tyler Shuck. Does have some offensive weapons, but working a new offensive line is going to be tough for the new coordinator, Joe Moorhead. Duck's defense has some studs over there. Kayvon Thibodeau, Michael Wright, and the boys, and Justin Flo and Noah Sewell. I think it's going to go under the total because I don't think Stanford's offense is going to come to play either, but their defense always seems to come to play under 51 in that one. All right. I am now moving to the NFL where you guys already know I am the best in the NFL. I don't have to brag. I got Bears versus Titans over. I think this is going to be a grudge game where the Titans lean on Henry and they get in the end zone. The Bears are going to have to play catch up. They're going to have to throw the ball. Last week, the offense did get rolling against the Saints or they won the OT. I could see a similar game if the Bears want to keep it close. I feel that the Titans are definitely going to score in the mid-30s this week, maybe 40s, uh, get 42 points if they blow them out. I think a nice, solid 35-21 Titans win, it's going to put you over the over of 46-and-a-half. Lock that one in. Yeah, that's a good – I like that, Matt. That is a good pick. I might piggyback off that and take that this weekend. I have one more pick in college. I'm going to go with an upset pick here, money line. I'm going to take South Carolina over Texas A&M. No points, just money line. I think South Carolina wins straight up. It's an interesting spot for A&M right here. I know they're number seventh in the country. They've played well for this point, except for the one shellacking versus Alabama. But uh, me and Matt talk about it all the time. South Carolina's tough. They've been in some games. I know they got thumped at a terrible LSU team, but I still think Will Muschamp and the boys figure it out. I think they get a win here. It's going to be tough. Colin Hill, the transfer from Colorado State, I think they get a win here in an upset spot at home versus Texas A&M. I'm going to go to the NFL now. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus five versus the New Orleans Saints. AB's back in this back in this one. Offense has been playing well. Struggled a little bit on Monday night. But I think it's a little bit of revenge game because TV 12 got upended week one. Saints lose here. I think Tampa Bay by 10 points. Hey, I like that one. I think you hit a home run on that one. This is my NFL lock. Bucks versus Saints over 51 and a half. Tampa Bay's averaging 31 points a game. Saints are averaging 29.4. I know Tampa Bay is stingy's defense is lights out but listen they gave up 23 points to the stinky dinky giants so i think 
obviously Tampa and Tom are going to score at least 35 points. If the Saints want to keep it close, they're going to have to score right in that range. I see a 35-31 final. This one's going way over 51 and a half. Lock it in, baby. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. My second pick is the Buffalo Bills and Seattle Seahawks over 54 and a half. We talked about it earlier, Matt. Two great quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. The Bills were banged up on defense in the back end, especially Seattle's defense isn't great. No Jamal Adams this week, who's still dealing with a little bit of a groin injury. I think both teams light it up. Seattle and Buffalo go over the total 54 and a half. There we go. Taking a nice one saw there. We're on the overs. My last and final, I'm going Broncos, Falcons over. We're on the over train of 49 and a half. I think Drew Locke is playing good enough right now to get in the end zone uh, three or four times. The guy's got some swag. He was dancing in between plays last week versus the Chargers. Uh, Chargers defense is obviously better than the Falcons, so I think Locke is going to be able to move the ball there. And like I said, Matt Ryan, he's due for a big one this week. I think this one's going way over. I could see this one high 50s, low 60s. Broncos, Falcons, over 49 and a half points. Go get yourself some green. Oh, that shit gets me fired up, boy. That's it for tonight on Run. The damn ball podcast. We gave you start sit. We gave you the pick five. We gave you some fucking winners. 14 picks in total. Locks of the week. Matt, what do you have to say? Antonio Brown is back, baby. I can't wait to see Tampa Bay throw it deep to Antonio Brown. I think they say he's wearing 81. The best receiver to ever play is back, and I can't wait. That's it, baby. Go Ducks.